0: Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you, enjoy the podcast. I guess this is our fourth week talking about an apostolic mindset. The picture is found in Acts chapter 3. A lame man is laying there and Peter and John recently uh, having come from Acts chapter 2, are on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. And the, 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 the that man that had been begging all this time, don't know why he wasn't healed all the times Jesus passed him. I don't know how many times that uh, Peter and James had passed him in the past when he had been given the authority to cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. But this on this day, He got the attention of the Apostle Peter and John. And uh, they stopped and He looked at them as if they were giving Him some money. And he, they said to Him, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto Thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he reached down, took him by the hand, his, uh, his ankle bones received strength, and he went forth walking and leaping and praising God. And uh, the thing that I, I want to bring up, the fact that, that this lame man had lame expectations. He wanted them to give him some money. But when the apostles were uh, uh, confronted with this lame expectation, they did not meet him on that level. They didn't have the ability. It would have been easy for them to throw a few dimes and nickels at him. But they said, silver and gold have I none. But they didn't stop there. But such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. So. What happens when an apostolic mindset meets lame expectations? And I believe it is our uh, responsibility and opportunity that when we are living our life and raising our children and conducting our, our, our life, we've got to raise our level of thinking to be able to meet the challenge that we face. And we can only do that by the presence and the spirit and the wisdom of God. Because without God, we can do nothing. I have no doubt that when Peter uh, and John said that to that lame man, I believe that was Holy Ghost inspiration because it had never happened to him before. And we all have those hallelujah moments. And I truly believe if we'll seek the Lord, the Lord will help us be prepared. When we are confronted with people with lame expectations, who help us to have an apostolic mindset. And so tonight, I just, I, I, we're in the book of James, but I, when we teach the book of James, this is true for all the epistles, they are teaching us things that will help us to have a proper mindset, to have a proper attitude, to have a proper understanding. You know, uh, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people suffer with frustration and disappointment is because they have a miss, uh, they they they're they're misguided. They have a, they they they're expecting something or they think something about God that's not true. And I know you have the, the notes, uh, so you know what I'm going to say. But I think one of the the, the, the most common misunderstandings and misapplications of Scripture is this saying that I have heard said all my life and I've heard it as much in the apostolic church as I have heard outside of the apostolic church. And it's this saying. God will not put on you more than you can bear. And the problem with that statement is the Bible doesn't say that. Nowhere does the Bible say that, but people hear that, and they would be surprised to find out it's not in the Bible, because it is almost like the uh, doing to others as you have them doing to you. They people people have this understanding: God will not put on you more than you can bear. So the problem is, is they live their life. With the understanding that everything that that is on me, God put it there. And so God will not put on me more than I can bear. And so people have flat tires, people have accidents, people have sicknesses, people are struck with all manner of challenges, uh, and they will say, well, God must know I can handle it because He put it on me. You see how that could be a problem? When everything bad that happens in your life and you feel like God did it to you, That's not what the Bible teaches. It is a misapplication and a misinterpretation of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. And I'm going to read it till you have it on your notes. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Verse 13 No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Everybody say temptation. If you're being tempted by a thing, somebody else has been tempted by that thing. Right. You may feel like you're going through a unique situation and no one's experienced what you've experienced. Well, trust me, somebody, everybody don't go through the same challenges. I haven't had challenges you've had, but somebody's had that challenge. And I would say that somebody's had that challenge and has overcome that challenge. right. But the Bible says no temptation has has overtaken you except that it is common to man. But God is faithful. Say that with me. God is faithful. No matter what temptation comes, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. So God doesn't tempt you, but He will allow you to be tempted more than you can handle. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That doesn't say God will put more on you can bear. That says God is faithful and He'll help you deal with whatever happens in your life. Flat tires, uh, of job situations, injury, sickness, disease, in most cases... These are not a product of the great puppet master in the sky uh, uh, making everything that happens in your life. Everything that happens in this world is not the will of God. This world is ruled by a reality that God's will is not done. Does God have a will? Yes. Everything that happens in this world is not God's will. Can somebody say amen? amen. amen. And so it is isn't that concept that The purpose of reading and meditating and teaching the Word of God is that we could could allow the Word of God to be engrafted into our mind, into our spirit, into our heart, into our concepts. And when we read something, that it would sink down deep in us and when a situation that comes that the Scripture speaks to, we would not lean on what we've always heard or what we may have always done. But the Word of God would speak to us in that moment to help us to know what we need to do that is right biblically. So James chapter 1 beginning with verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Anybody went through some temptations. There's different kinds of temptation. You know, sometimes we think of temptation as lust, or you know, tempted to steal something. But there are a lot of things that come in our life that they tempt us to say the wrong words, to do the wrong things, to act the wrong way. Those are temptations, and 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 it it, it's, it is the challenge of the believer not to respond out of our nature, but to respond out of What the Word of God teaches. When Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount, He said, I will will tell you, the person that hears My Word and does My Word is like a wise man that built his house upon a And the house survives the storm. Storms happen. Temptations, troubles happen. But overcoming those situations is is what will help us to be approved and receive the crown of life. Verse 13, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So this word desire is another word for temptation. I'm using the New King James Because I get to some words here I thought it would be better. And so temptation desires. Verse 15, Then when desire or lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Temptation doesn't come from God from inside of me. We are all born with a proclivity to carnality. Right? The devil doesn't need any help to cause us to think badly or to speak badly or to act badly. We can do that all by ourselves. Children, if they're not trained right and disciplined right, they will do things that are wrong and the devil didn't make them do it. Right. right? And that's true for adults as well. There are things that happen and the devil doesn't make us do it. But temptation, desire uh, will happen and we will be drawn away by that and it all starts in the head. Have you ever thought to yourself what you will tell somebody next time you see them? <laughs> Right, You might not ever do it, hopefully. But, but most things, the root of everything that we do that's wrong, it all starts up in our head. And, and if we're not careful and we don't build some, some, some barriers and some things that we decide, I'm going to do what's right, if you make up your mind what you're going to do before you are tempted to, it'll help you not to do what you will be tempted to do. A made up mind is a powerful thing. And I think the challenge is sometimes people think that they can, well, the scripture says you can't take a fire in your bosom and not be burned. And sometimes people like to play the game to see, you know, how far they can go without whatever that is. And the challenge is we live in a culture and a generation that the most common question. One of the most common questions that I've heard at times is, well, it's not a heaven or hell issue. Well, the challenge is heaven or hell is not defined by a itty-bitty line and if you just barely step over it, then you're going to hell and if you barely step over, you're going to heaven. It, it, it's not a matter of how close I can walk to a line of heaven or hell. It's about our pursuits. And when we pursue God, when we dedicate ourselves to do what's right to to seek first righteousness and his kingdom we still make may make, make wander and make mistakes but we will live a much better life if we're trying to pursue perfection as opposed to just is this heaven or hell because heaven or hell when in everything that we do comes down to simply if it's a heaven or hell question chances are if that's how you live you're going to go to hell. And I don't want to go to hell. Right. Good. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. God doesn't tempt us. What does God do? Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by his word, by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And so the the juxtaposition, there's a big word, the juxtaposition is God doesn't tempt us. God blesses us. Don't get it wrong. Everything that bad happens to you isn't God putting it on you. Everything good that happens to you. Is God put it on you? You see that? You see that? Yes. If it's good, it's God. If it's not good, either God's going to help me through it, or God's going to bring me through it, or God's going to deliver me from it. Right. And so, when we think about things, every bad thing doesn't come from God. Every good thing comes from God. Right. right? I would say God won't put more good on you than you can bear. Because there are some good things that would hurt you. Somebody say, "Amen." The Lord knows how much blessing you can take. And I don't believe that He will suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. And I truly believe if we pursue God's will when we're praying about our jobs or our houses or whatever we may pray for, there's nothing wrong with praying for a a new car and a really good price. Amen. careful, right? You got to pay for that thing for 12 years now. I don't know what some of these things cost anymore. Uh, God doesn't mind you having a new pair of shoes. God doesn't mind you having good things. It's all good, right? But, but, you know, sometimes we should pray about things because I don't have to explain that. Amen. Verse 19, I am going to cover this. Verse 19, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man... I think it's proper to say every person here. (laughs) And all the ladies say amen. Let every man, every woman, everybody be swift to hear. What's it say next? Slow. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Why? For the wrath of man does, what's it say? Does not produce the righteousness of God. What does that mean? Don't make any decisions and don't have any serious questions or conversation with somebody when you're. As chances are the outflow of that is not righteous Right? Come on, somebody. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. That, that's, that's the reason why I didn't use the King James Version. A superfluity of naughtiness. <laughs> that, that one word is the reason why I'm using the New King James Version tonight. <laughs> aside all filthiness, what does that mean? There's a lot of filthy things out there. Oh yeah. It's on your Instagram. It's on your Facebook. It's on your Twitter. It's on your streaming devices. It's on your streaming apps. There's a lot of filth out there. That's right. The Bible says lay aside all. Over, all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted or engrafted Word of God. What's it able to do? It's able to save your souls. Verse 22, But be you doers of the Word and not hearers only. If you do that, what are you? You're deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind or manner of man he was. I've seen this to be true over my life. It's really easy to say amen in church. It's really hard to live what we said amen to church and it is a challenge for us that when we hear the word and it convicts us we have to be willing to take that word and put it in our heart and say to ourselves Lord help me to live this rather than do what I did last time verse 25 but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and what does it say Continues in it and is not a forgetful here but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what he does you know I've had a random thought it's probably not original I heard it somewhere probably but I was thinking the other day sometimes people are praying for God to bless them when they're living in ways God can't bless them You don't have to pray for God to bless you if you're living a righteous life. He's going to bless the righteous. You don't have to pray for God's favor if you're living and doing and acting in a way that favors God. If you're seeking to please God, you know what God's going to try to do for you? He's going to please you. We see that reflected in our own self. If somebody's good to you and you have an opportunity to be good to them, especially your children, if your children especially touch your heart, what do you say? Hey, baby, you want some chicken nuggets. Can we go get you some ice cream? Right? That's in our heart. That's a reflection of our God. And if we are living in a way that we know honors and favors God, the natural response is God's going to bless you and favor you. You want to be blessed? Draw close to God. You want to be blessed? Bless what God loves. What does God love? God loves His people. And if if I want to get God's attention, you know, one way I can do that is go talk to one of God's children and be sweet to them and love them and pray for them and bless them. And I believe the Lord's the one that pays everybody back. You reap what you sow. You sow it to someone else and you reap it from your Father in heaven. And so it's important for us to understand if you really want to be blessed, you really want to be favored, be a hearer and a doer of the word of God. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, oh, oh can y'all read this with me? This is this is this is one good way to end this in this lesson. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. How many people? I can't tell you how many times it's happened to me. When I was in the workplace, I don't know how many times I would be in a situation and I wouldn't tell people that I was a preacher or a pastor because I, I, like, I don't like empty religious conversations. Just be yourself. If you're a cusser, just, you know, I'm not going to cuss with you, but just, just be yourself. And they'd find out I was a preacher and I, I heard them cuss and do, oh, praise God, I love Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Start quoting scriptures. Mm-hmm. The Bible says if a man doesn't bridle his tongue, his religious talk is useless. Mm-hmm. Don't be like that. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble. We need to try to help people. I do believe in scripture that, that when we help people, it should be within a covenant relationship. When you read about the scripture and it talks about charity and, and benevolence, it's talking about helping people that you have a relationship with. I do, I don't have a problem with helping people I don't know, but my responsibility is to the people I do know. Right? And so if I know of someone who's, whose father is gone, I have a responsibility to do what I can when they're in trouble. When there's a desperate need I know of, I need to do what I can to help them. If there is a widow, I need to do what I can to minister to them in their time of need. And if there's another one a lot of people leave off that use the Scripture. And, what's it say? Keep oneself unspotted from free. oh God help me to incorporate this programming into my head into my heart into my spirit that my religion wouldn't be vain but that it would be pure and unspotted and fine. in closing I was reminded of a story uh, a long time ago uh, I read it. Um, There was an angel one day that appeared to a man. Told him tomorrow there will be a rock in front of your door. Push the rock. The angel's gone. So the next day he gets up in the morning opens the door and there, there before him is a huge rock. So as the command of the angel told him, he <clears throat> pushes the rock. And he pushes and he pushes and he pushes and it don't move because it's a big rock. And so uh, uh, he, he, he goes to bed a little discouraged but he had that sense of peace. Well, I did push the rock, and so for a number of weeks, every day he got up, he opened the door, and there's the rock, and he gets up and he pushes the rock. The rock doesn't move, but he's pushing the rock, and he pushes it till the end of the day, and he goes to bed a little disappointed the rock didn't move, but he was comforted in the fact he did push the rock. One day, as the day is at the end the devil shows up and starts laughing at him and said, you are a failure. The rock has not moved an inch. And as the devil can do sometimes, the, the man was weary and he t- was tired and he and, and went to bed discouraged and down. That night the angel returned and said, said well done. And the man said, but I've pushed the rock. And nothing has happened. And the angel said, uh, Look at your legs. They are now strong and powerful. Look at your hands. They are hard and calloused. Your back is broad and full of strength. Your obedience is seen in the strength you have acquired in the pushing. God only wanted you to push the rock, the Lord never told you to move the rock told you to push the rock. God will move the rock. The next morning, the man wakes, very courage, resolved, well, this is what I'm going to do. And he gathers his strength, puts his hand out, and he barely touches the rock, and it